Hey, super friends, and welcome to the 34th edition of the Geico Podcast. I am your regularly scheduled host, Neil, and I am joined by my very own boy wonder, Martin. Say hello, Martin. Hello, Martin. If this is your first time listening to the Get Your Comic Con podcast, we are here to talk all things film, comic books, TV, computer games, conventions, sometimes cosplay, uh, and other general geeky things. We publish new podcasts roughly every fortnight, and we would love for you to subscribe. So hit the button down below, or to the left, or to the right, or above. Somewhere on this page there'll be a button that says subscribe. So hit that and uh, join in on all the little Geico fun. Become a... Become a Geico super friend. This week we are dedicating our entire 34th Geico podcast to a very special character. A character who turns 80 years old this year, but doesn't look a day over... I don't know, what would you say? Like, 30? Uh, depends on which one. That's very true. He can be both... He can be both male and female? That's a bit confusing. They, uh, they. He can be both male or female, depending on what representation we're talking about. Uh, somebody who you have named yourself after on social media. Well spotted. <laughs> uh, so that would be uh, that we are dedicating this edition to the 80th birthday of the boy wonder, Robin. Da, da, da. I thought you going to sing happy birthday. Oh, uh, yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> Lost the tune. <laughs> So this is all a bit weird and wonderful for us this week because we've started renovating our studio space. Um, in the interim, the, 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 the Geico cats have managed to break the stand for my microphone, so I'm sort of holding mine in my hand, which is all a bit weird. I'm also sat on the other side of the table to where I normally sit. So had there been anything on the whiteboard as to what we were doing this week, you would have to read it because I can't see it. Oh, yeah. Never sat at this angle before. There you go. You can you can see. I can see the whiteboard. You can see what you're doing. Well, it's very messy. Thanks. Uh, well, that's because half the films that are listed on it aren't being released at the time they're supposed to have been released. So you know, there's lots of little red arrows pointing to where they're going to be. But that's that's like that's next episode. Right now, we just want to talk about uh, about Robin the Boy Wonder. It's a little bit of a controversial birthday, so let's get this out of the way first. It's 80 years since uh, Robin first appeared in the pages of Detective Comics number 38. But DC are celebrating Robin's birthday by celebrating all of the Robins. So the Robin 100-page spectacular that we're going to talk about as one of the comics in this episode does feature stories of some of the other Robins, not just uh, not just Dickie. Um, and that is a little bit controversial because really it's... It's Dick Grayson's 80th birthday. It's not the 80th birthday of Jason Todd or Damian Wayne or anything like that. So, a bit controversial. But we're gonna we're gonna cover the whole history of Robin in this uh, in this podcast. Gonna play it a bit fast and loose. Got a few questions for you. Want to hear about what you like about Robin? Given that you named yourself after him, got lots of comments from the listeners at home about what they like about the character as well. Uh, we'll talk about him in film, in TV, in cartoons as well as comics. But I'm going to kick off by giving you a little history. Ready for a history lesson class? Always. Okay. Let's begin. Take us to school. Richard Dick John Grayson was created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger back in 1940. He debuted in the pages of Detective Comics number 38 in a story called Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. His debut came only a year after the introduction of Batman and was part of an effort to soften Batman's character and broaden his appeal to a younger audience. I think they thought that, you know, 
uh, nighttime vigilante was maybe not the most child friendly of characters. So this was the idea was that he was created to try and broaden the appeal and bring in a younger audience to comic books who might be able to identify with a much younger heroic character. So by now, I'm sure that every single one of you who's listening to this is familiar with his origin story. So Dick, along with his parents, John and Mary, formed the Flying Graysons. They were a trapeze act that was part of the travelling Haley Circus. When the circus was in Gotham, Mr. Haley refused to pay protection money to a gang run by Tony Zuko. An intense exchange between Zuko and Haley was witnessed by the young Grayson, and during that evening's performance, his parents would unfortunately fall to their untimely deaths when the trapeze wires were seemingly accidentally cut. But of course, Dick knew better than that, and he knew it was Zuko. So following the tragic loss of his parents, Dick was taken in as the legal ward of Bruce Wayne, where he would eventually learn Wayne's dark secret and become his sidekick, Robin, the Boy Wonder. Batman and Robin would come to be known as the dynamic duo, something that fit through the 60s TV series, as well as plenty of the 60s and 70s era comics. And they would stay together in the pages of DC Comics until July of 1984, when George Perez and Marv Wolfman would introduce a new codename for Grayson. What would that be? Any idea what that would be? Um, some sort of night duck or... Night duck. <laughs> Nightbird. Bat boy. Uh, feeling that he'd outgrown his time as Robin, Grayson would strike out on his own and move to the new city of Bloodhaven to carve out a path of his own as Nightwing. Over the years, Grayson has held a number of different codenames in the pages of DC Comics. He took over the mantle of Batman when Bruce was killed. Remember that one? That was a good run of Batman and Robin with Dick as Batman and Damien as Robin. And then he would go undercover with the mysterious Spiral as Agent... Can you remember? 37. Yes. Agent 37 in the pages of Grayson. And most recently uh, would obviously, controversially, lose his memory after being shot by uh, KG Beast? Deadshot. KG Beast. It was KG Beast, wasn't it? Uh, and is currently going by the name of Rick Grayson. Dick has been part of a number of DC teams over the years, most notably the Teen Titans and Titans groups, as well as being an integral part of the Bat family and having affiliations with the Outsiders and the Justice League of America. Dick Grayson, discuss. Well, where do you begin? Well, I was going to say he's your favourite of the Robins, but I'm not sure that he is anymore. So, you, you are obviously Boy Wonder... 1989 for the year of your birth child on social media and are a bigger Robin fan than a Batman fan so what is it it was obviously Dick Grayson that was the reason that you liked Batman considering half the wardrobe consists of Nightwing memorabilia so what drew you to the character of Dick Grayson oh that's a good question isn't it it's almost like you've planned these copious notes copious isolation times yeah dark times um, I don't know. So I think my first introduction to The Boy Wonder, I was going to say the animated series, but it probably wasn't the animated series. It was probably the animated series and Batman 66. I was going to say, surely reruns of Batman 66 would come into this somewhere. That would be my first um, interaction with him. So it was like a, a Jiminy Jillikers on a Saturday morning on Channel 4? Jiminy Jillikers? Yeah. It's not radioactive, man. We're not talking The Simpsons now. We're talking Batman. It would be more of a... Holy rusted metal, Batman! Oh no, come on. We're talking proper Robins here. Not we'll get, nipples. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Sorry, continue your lovely childhood story. So yeah, so my earlier childhood memories and my lovely childhood story would be 66 and B-Tass combined. And I loved the B-Tass character of Robin because there's that sort of complete polar opposite to Batman. Absolutely. And interestingly, 
he appears in the second episode, Christmas with the Joker. He does. And he's just there. They don't choose to do an origin for him until later on with the two-part story, uh, Robin's Reckoning, which is later in the first season, I think it is. Uh, I'm sure it's the first season. So I always found that quite interesting, that they didn't introduce him. He was just simply there. I mean, obviously it was the same in the 60s series, but the 60s series never had any origin story for anyone. It was just, they were just them. I just thought it was interesting that the cartoon series would choose to do that as well. Because he doesn't need an introduction. True. And what is it about the character specifically? Would you say that the whole ethos that Batman needed a younger partner to help a younger audience understand the appeal is why you were... I was going to say attracted to, but that's the wrong phrase. Um, (laughs) That's getting into weird territory. Would that be why you were drawn to that character? Because you were young and he was a younger character. Could you see more of yourself in him than you could in Batman? No, I wouldn't say because he was young. Also, sorry... um, me saying that just made me then think, well, what does that say about me being a Batman fan from the age of, like, three? Yeah. <laughs> what did I recognise in Batman when I was three? I suppose he's probably a bit more of an accessible character, where he's just an average kid who's had True. a bit of yep. trauma. and I mean, what average child isn't situation. a trapeze artist? Well, I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. Not now, because of my knees, but back in my circus days, that was all over that. In all seriousness, no, is is that what you would say? No, I would say he's an accessible, he's, he's more of a, a human character and more accessible as in, because I'm not a millionaire. Well, I'm True. not a billionaire. Yep. If only. But, you know. I wouldn't be holding a microphone with a broken stand. No, well, no. I wouldn't be sitting on a budget Ikea chair either. But no, because he's an accessible character that you can relate to more than Batman. Yeah. And he's got more of the humour as well. And he's got I think he's got more of an interest in storytelling. Okay. Personally, I don't know. What about you? What what's what do you think? What do your notes say? I didn't make notes on my own feelings about it. That's this that's just coming from the heart. Uh so I would say my introduction to Robin was also Batman sixty six reruns. Um being slightly older than you. Only four years, I'm just going to point out, before you start calling me old. And the rest. Um, I, <laughs> thanks. I um, I was old enough to remember reruns of 66 Batman before BTAS existed. So for me, it was seeing Adam West and Burt Ward um, in reruns of, of that series. I also used to watch a lot of reruns of the black and white Batman serials. They used to show them, I think, on Channel 4 really 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 early in the morning in their individual parts uh, and I've just recently gone back and rewatched them again now but Batman 1943 would be the first one of those I'm pretty sure I saw that one first because I can remember um, the villain Dr. Dakar who was the villain in that one we won't say anymore because it's terribly racist to being 40s but that was Douglas Croft who played Robin in that one um, very interesting and different take because it was Obviously, 1943, the character had only existed for three years at that point, and he was already in a what was a film at the time. Um, so those were my first kind of exposures to it. And then, obviously, the comics. I can't remember... I think I got my first comic book in about... Um, well, to give away my age, I was born in 1985. I think the first comic book that I remember having, I was maybe six... 
so like 1991. So I guess I started reading comics not long before the animated series started. Um, I also have a book which I think is on the bookshelves in this room somewhere, which is a strange book about Robin being turned into a werewolf, which at the time I think was Dick Grayson, but now I think about it, it may actually be a Tim Drake Robin just because of the costume that's on the cover. Uh, it was just a kid's book that I got at a school book fair that was a very strange sort of Halloween-y Robin tale where he turned into a werewolf. Mm. I'll dig it out. Can you remember what your first comic book interaction with the character was? I think it was Robin Year One, to be honest with you. Didn't I buy you that? You did, yeah. Well, it's quite late to the, the comic reading game. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, that's my fault. Sorry. So my sort of interactions were always sort of TV-based, really. I was quite late to the party in terms of picking up any Robin comics. Only recently have I gone back to read his specific... Well, actually, not even his. He didn't have any titles of his own for a long time, did he? Uh, not until Nightwing. In terms of Robin titles, was it... I think it was Tim Drake that was the first Robin to have his own Robin book. Yes. Dick had his time in the Titans. Jason didn't break out on his own at any point. So it would be it, it would was, be Tim that had his own Robin series. Jason was in the Titans very briefly, not for very long. He did. There was a couple of issues of him in Titans comics. So for me, I picked up Nightwing Year One quite late on, probably around the same time I subscribed to Nightwing in the New Fifty Two, and that's when I started reading Nightwing comics, and have read them ever since. If I was to ask you what your favourite version of Dick Grayson was, then between comic, film, TV, animation, gaming even, given that he's been in, ugh, given that he's been in the Arkham games. Is there a particular favourite that you have? Oh God, that's a horrible question. <laughs> it's not a horrible question at all. It is. It's a very valid question. Horrible. Um, I don't think I've got a favourite version of him. Probably the version that's the most exciting would be Brighton Thwaites version just purely because of the hype around it okay not so much Chris O'Donnell because okay I don't really see that as a good segue into non-comic book versions for a minute then so live action representations so you've got the most famous ones are kind of your Burt Ward I guess Chris O'Donnell just because of the, the level of the film. You've obviously also got Douglas Croft, who I mentioned that played him in Batman 1943. In 1949, it was a different actor that played him in the next black and white serial, so that would be Johnny Duncan that played Robin in that one. You've got Douglas Croft, Johnny Duncan, Burt Ward, Chris O'Donnell, Brenton Thwaites. Am I missing a live action? I don't think I am, am I? No. Not off the top of my head. Well, well, technically, you've got Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Robin John Blake. No, oh, John Robin Blake. God. Uh, so, Brenton Thwaites... You've already said it, really. Brenton Thwaites is your favourite. Well, I wouldn't say he's my... F oh, okay. That, so, that's the most standout version of the character for you. It's the most you. standout version for me, I think. What do you... Of those... I don't know that you've seen the black and white ones, have you? Uh, I've seen a couple, not massively. What... What is the most honest version of him that you've seen represented in live action? I feel like I'm interviewing you for some sort of Robin expert. I know, God. <laughs> you can ask me questions too. You're not under pressure here. 
again, it would have to be Brenton. Okay. Because it seems to be the one that's closest to the source material. Yeah. And done in a really honest and true way. And which of those that you've seen um, has been your least favourite, would you say? Well, that's, an awful, that's a horrible question as well, because it makes me think like I don't like any of them, because I like all of them. No, it's true. I mean, you're, you're allowed to like all of them. Well, okay, let's, let's take it from a different angle then. Um, I feel like this is one of those interviews where like, well, you did say that you kicked that cat or something horrible. It's like, well, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> Twisted my words. Well, skip the black and white ones, because you're not as familiar with those. What do you think about Burt Ward? How do you feel about Burt Ward's Robin? I think it, for the time it was really good. Yeah. The audience, it was pitched well, it was campy, it was 60s, and it got road safety messages across. Always wear a seatbelt, don't drive underage, don't do drinking drugs. Yeah, and if you see a shark, spray it. <laughs> Obviously, always have the shark repellent bat spray to hand. Um, and, okay, that very much, I think, for me, has a place similar to that, which is, I completely understand that that's not a very faithful comic book adaption in terms of popular comics but of comic books at the time yes it is and it has a fun place in people's childhoods I would say that Chris O'Donnell has that for me as well because I was only 10 when Batman Forever came out so for me there's a lot about Chris O'Donnell's Robin less so in Batman and Robin but in Batman Forever that is a childhood Robin for me yeah I can see that yeah what did you like about his Robin? So I was quite young when that came out. Um, I was 10, so you'd be 6. Yeah, I was very young. Very impressionable. What did I like about his Robin? Um, I don't know, really, I just liked it. Don't really dwell too much on these thoughts. You can just say it was just enjoyable as, as a representation. It was just an enjoyable representation. I mean, it wasn't a true origin as such. With okay, that's what I was going to extra brothers and sisters and everything else that was you've going literally on. just taken my next question which was gonna, I was going to say now that you are older and more adept at Robin in the comic books how do you feel about that version of the origin with Two-Face being the person that killed the parents and him having a brother for some reason yeah. I mean I mean, it's alright I mean it's relatively close I mean Two-Face is involved it's still a circus yeah, it's still a circus it's still a house circus He's still the parents still die Um. There is Two-Face involved if you go back to Robin Year One anyway. Yeah. And if you then go back to the other sort of Year One parallel story, which is Long Halloween, because you see his origin in that again. Yes. And there is still heavily Two-Face involved in all that, along with uh, Tony Zuko. And the, only, the only problem I have with Chris O'Donnell is that I do not believe that he's a teenager by any stretch of the imagination. That is quite a difficulty with that film, is he doesn't feel like a sort of eight to ten year old boy or even someone sort of 13 to 15 he looks like a man yeah he is very much a man and i don't know how old he was when he made that film so i'm gonna look it up you're gonna tell me he was like 17 or something be quite funny wouldn't it uh so batman forever was 1995 as we know and chris o'donnell was born in 1970 so he was 27 27 he was 27 when he made that film jeez oh who'd, uh, who'd have thunk it um 
I, I can believe it. But that's that's twenty seven playing fourteen ish, depending on how fast and loose you want to play with the origin. So, I mean, he wasn't pitched as a twenty seven year old in that film. No, but it's sort of the way sort of his his demeanor and terminology and. Well, I suppose he rides a motorcycle. So how old do you have to be to drive in America? And the fact that he needed to go into care and he had to have a social worker. So yes, we're saying he was a definitely under eighteen. So really, shouldn't have been riding a motorcycle. So what, they can drive at 15, 16 in America? Oh, okay, fair enough. That feels like something I should know. (laughs) Uh, It's definitely... That's probably one of my biggest issues with that film, actually, is the fact that it it isn't fitting of that origin, that he is older-looking. And then you've got to think of the costume as well. Yeah. Which is just a Nightwing costume. In the second film, yeah, yeah, in Batman and Robin. That is also something I find very, very strange as to why they did that. Why you would upgrade the costume but not change the name. Why you would need to upgrade the costume at all, other than the obvious reason that there were so many costumes in that film just to sell toys. We actually, to be fair, if you want to listen to us discuss the merits of Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, you can go back and listen to our Batman 80 special series of podcasts where we did do a Batman on film discussion. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That was a long time ago. That was it a long time ago. About a year ago now. Because Batman just turned 81. Looking good for his age also. Uh, okay. So Titans we have identified is your most relevant and most exciting representation of the character. In live action. As you have said, I'm not taking anything at liberty here. Mm. You can rewind and listen to him say that very fact a few minutes ago. Smells like the Daily Mail here. (laughs) No, I was just going to touch on the fact that Titans has been controversial in some ways, particularly with the pilot episode with the whole F Batman. Uh, I'm not going to say it. We're a PG-13 podcast here. Um, And being a grittier more violent version of the character i mean he did beat the goons to an absolute pulp in that pilot episode and he does do a number of sort of questionable things in season one in terms of the level of violence that he has how again do you as a as a hardcore robin fan and nightwing fan feel about that i mean, I, I was fine with it i think it, it fitted his stage and his journey to be in nightwing and his break the breakdown in the relationship between him is him and Bruce. I would agree. And I think the they did it well. And when they had the when you had the Donna episode, yes, it then allowed him to it allowed you to see the true essence of of Dick Grayson. Like I left a pause there. Just yes. to make it really a bit awkward. Yes. So you got that. You got like the really horrible gritty. Like oh god, the loose cannon. But then you have the Donna episode where it brings it straight back to him being the the character we know and love. Yeah. Cheeky chappy, happy go lucky, bit of humour, bit of fun loving. So it kinda it grounded the whole thing back together again. And then when we're going to series two, yeah. we then get that whole him stepping up into the, the Titans leadership role again and finding his place again in the world. And I know we've touched on this before, 
but how do you feel about him getting the Nightwing costume and the storyline that went around that? I'm not a massive fan of that storyline, I'll be honest with you. I would have liked to have seen a bit more of a comic-accurate storyline yep. as a purist, but you're not going to get Superman. No, that's you're going to go down yeah. that route. Um, well, you never know. Now that we've got Superboy, we could have Superman, but I understand, yeah. But then he could have gone down the other route of going back to the circus and getting the, the costume, finding like the the classic disco Nightwing disco costume. Wing. And then finding the name that way, because there are two different variations where, he, where the name comes from, I suppose. Yeah. But the whole, what was it, Azalea or the legend of Azar? The Corto Maltese legend. Yeah. I mean, it was, I felt it was well done within the show, it just wasn't a version of that origin that we recognised so it was it was a shame that the first time we get to see the Nightwing origin on on film in some respect it's not a comic book adaption but fair play to them for doing something original yeah and it was done well so I'll give them that yeah and you never know we may get an on screen Nightwing in theory in theory there, there is still a film in development we live in hope we certainly do what about animated Robin then? So I'm sticking with Dick Grayson here. So he has been in the new Batman Adventures, in the Filmation days. He was in Super Friends. He's been in Betas. He had the whole Teen Titans series, Teen Titans Go, Young Justice. Uh, I was going to say Harley Quinn, but no, that's Damien. There have been plenty of appearances uh, of Dick's in the DC animated universe as well. You've got Under the Red Hood. You've got Batman versus Robin that has Nightwing in it as well. Um, he's been in a number of those projects. Both his Robin and Damien's Robin. We haven't seen Tim in any of those now that I think about it. I suppose we see Tim in Young Justice. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking about the animated movies for a minute. Oh, I was just movies. thinking that once again we've skipped Tim Drake Robin there slightly. Uh now this is a bit of a loaded question because I think you quite like Tim Drake in the new Batman Adventures the B-Taz redesign um, which has been your favourite I'm sorry I have to say it which has been your favourite animated Dick Grayson <laughs> what's my favourite animated Dick hmm. Grayson how do we answer that question <laughs> we'll move on to other Robins after we've spent a nice amount of time on the most important of them Dick. It's just very, very difficult to not laugh like a child when you have to say the word Dick Grayson so many times. Please continue. Just so many innuendos. I can't quite process them all at once. Um, Beatass would be my favourite animation, animated Dick. Really? I, I honestly thought you would have said Teen Titans. I mean... No, well, don't forget Teen Titans go to the movies. He's at, he has headlined a movie. He has headlined a movie, yeah. No, it has to be Beatus because it's... The original. Well, it's not really... Um, yeah, I mean, it's the original and it's the one that's... For you, it's the original. For me, it's, it's the one original. from when you were young. You know, it's the one that I dressed up as in my primary yes. school to Halloween disco and there's still a picture of me in my Beatus Robin outfit. Yes. Because I'm that cool. Aged seven, six... It's a Nightwing costume hanging in the wardrobe that's only within the last three to five years. So, you know, 
Well, there's that as well, yeah. God, that took so long. I mean, I would make a Robin costume if I knew how to sew a cape. <laughs> okay, so what do you think about some of those other ones, then? I think they're all fine. I really like all of them. I appreciate all of them. I think they're really good. And within their genres, they're all done incredibly well. I actually, another one that... It's difficult. I would... My... For me, it's difficult to know whether I would say that your favourite was Beatles, Teen Titans, or Young Justice. I would have put Young Justice almost higher than Teen Titans, maybe. So if I had to sort of rank those three... Yeah, go. Because you're sort of alluding to that now, I would probably do Beatles. Young Justice, then Titans. Okay. What would you, how would you? What would what would be your ranking? What would you say? What's your favorite animated dick? Grayson. Um. Good question. I would probably say Beatas as well, followed by Young Justice. Followed by the Filmation Days, because I love those cartoons. I watched those cartoons a lot when I was younger. And then there was a period in the middle where they weren't on TV and weren't available on DVD and digital didn't exist yet. Where for a while I genuinely thought I might have dreamt that they existed. Because they weren't the kind of things that I had on video. So it was just a bit of a distant memory that there was a very cool cartoon series that had Burt Ward and Adam West still voicing the characters and what was that and then obviously as I've gotten older and they've become more widely available and Warner Brothers has dipped back into the archive and released more and more um, I've gone back and really really enjoyed them and they're uh, some of it is available on DC Universe to watch as well so I, that, that they rank pretty highly for me because they they evoke some of the 60s Batman but also have a, an aesthetic all of their own as well which is very cool and they crossed over with Scooby-Doo, which was awesome. Just going to say. Have you got any favourite Robin moments from BCAS? Robin's Reckoning I do really enjoy. I enjoy that origin story. And I like that they show in that some of the angst between Bruce and Dick that is the reason why he will eventually leave to become Nightwing. And then the Nightwing episode as well, which I want to say is called Growing Pains. Um, the Nightwing episode sorry the episode in in the redesign where uh, Nightwing goes back and tells the story so it goes back and does flashbacks of how he his last days as Robin and how he then left to become Nightwing uh, two of my favourites definitely i trying to think of other animated highlights I do like Teen Titans but I don't know it religiously Young Justice I love season one Less keen on season two. I've really enjoyed Young Justice Outsiders, so looking forward to seeing what they're doing with season four. And I just literally just watched an episode of Batman Brave and the Bold that was very Robin focused as well. Uh, I don't know what it's called, which I know is a shocker because I didn't write it down. Um, but it was an episode. He was in a Robin costume. It's it's strange. It had it opened with a flashback to very much sixties Batman era style. So although it was still Diedrich Bader's Batman, it wasn't. It, he did the whole Shakespeare's bust with the button and going down the poles, and they had the very classic costumes. But then the present day storyline after the opening credits was Dick Grayson now living in Bloodhaven, not working with Batman, but he was still Robin. 
he had a different costume though. The pixie boots were gone and the shorts were gone and he had yellow trousers. Yeah, I remember the yellow actually. Um, so there was a bit different and he does become Nightwing in Batman Brave and the Bold later on. But that was actually a really cool episode which again showed a bit more of the angst between the two characters uh, but it being Brave and the Bold was um, much more comedic. So it was a really funny scene where um, Robin pieced together some of the clues as to where the villain was hiding and said where it was. And Batman didn't say anything. And then about three seconds later, Batman said the exact same thing. And Robin's just sat there like... <sighs> Which is one of the many reasons why I love Dietrich Bader's Batman. Uh, what about Batman computer games? I mean, he's been less of a standout character in those. But there's been a few games. There's a few Betas games. There was a Brave and the Bold game. There's the Arkham games. I think Nightwing's quite well characterised in the Arkham games. It's also a very cool version of his costume. Yeah, he does have really cool costumes in it in the... Arkham games and even his Robin costume is pretty cool as well with the hood that's Tim Drake I know with a hood yeah I'm just saying in general the Robins yes. in those games are well portrayed My they God. are very well portrayed yeah. we don't talk about it so much but are you up to date with Nightwing comics no so how are you into the whole Rick Grayson arc no I'm not I've not got this the strength okay I just can't do it yeah I just can't face it I I stopped reviewing it for a while because I was really struggling with it because I feel like comics do that thing when they kill someone off or have someone lose their memory which is that you just know at some point they're going to get it back and like so not when Batman died and Dick took over uh, but when in the Snyder Capullo era Bruce lost his memory uh, after the death of the family when they thought that he'd been dead at the bottom of the Batcave with the Joker, but actually he was alive, but with no memory. That was one of those, you know, with the whole robo bunny Batman suit. Yeah. That, that the weird me, machine that reset him. Yes. So that for me is really typical of when someone loses their memory in a comic, which is that eventually it just resets itself. And so I spent a lot of the first issues of the Rick Grayson arc writing it off, saying any minute now he's just going to remember anyway, and it will just like switch back to normal and it actually hasn't and it's ended up being much more interesting to read than I thought it would and I've had to eat my own words quite significantly because he's ended up a very complex character well, I mean he was already a very complex character he's ended up a much more complex character who at this point in time actually has two sets of memories in his head now because he has Talon's memories that were implanted in him which are fake fighting with the memories that he has bits and pieces of from Dick Grayson as well as the life that he now has as Rick Grayson. So technically there's almost three people that are in there all vying for dominance, which is quite interesting, actually. It's much more worth reading than you think it might be, at first thought. Fair enough. I mean, I'm still quite happy reading classic Nightwing at the minute, so I'm working my way through those eras. Fire me off some of your uh, favourite Dick Grayson story arcs from the comics. Go. So I've not read a lot of Grayson as he was a Robin, unless it was sort of throwbacks to Titan days. So the, oh no, it's true actually. You probably yeah. haven't. Or some. I've, I mean, I've read these first appearance and stuff like that as well. But the more the majority of what I've read of him has either been when he's taken over as Batman. Yeah, which I really, really do recommend if you've not read. Which was really good, and also the 
the classic Nightwing, which I'm reading at the minute. Yeah. So it goes all the way back to when he had his long hair. Yeah. And when he got his hair cut and he changed the costume into the more sort of classic style and he's moved to Bloodhaven. And I really, that's probably my favourite arc at the minute is his move to Bloodhaven and then st- establishing himself as a an independent hero. Yeah. Because there's some really nice interactions there as well. So you get a visit from Tim and they bond together as previous Robins. And it's, yeah. just, it's a really good arc too. What about the Agent 37 days? Yeah, I read all of Agent 37. It was all right. Um, again, it's it's kind of similar to the mind wipe. or the yeah. you know, You're just sort of waiting for it to go back to normal. Because all the stuff from Forever Evil where his identity was revealed and yes. he was like the scapegoat of that arc to then be like, oh, well, it's not going to last for very long. Is it? He's going to go back to being who he is, which is what happened. That's fair enough. What about you? What are your favourite um, dick arcs? Go, quickly. So, Year One, I think it's excellent. I think it's a really great book. Agree with you. Dick Grayson as Batman is excellent. Um and new 52 nightwing i think was really fun most of that actually oh i did enjoy the new most 52 of the new 52 one. days is really really great nightwing uh i don't have that many of him when he's robin that would be favorites because similar to you i probably know him more as nightwing nightwing in um no man's land is a great addition to the bat family as well but you know me i will just applaud anything that involves no man's land whatsoever any final thoughts on dick grayson no, I'm just a big fan of Dick Grayson. Grayson. <laughs> we will move on. So there have been plenty of other characters who have taken on the mantle of Robin over the years. Following Dick's departure, the next Robin was the now infamous Jason Todd. Todd first appeared in the pages of Batman number 357 in 1983. Pre-Crisis on Infinite Earths, Jason Todd had a ridiculously similar origin to that of Dick Grayson, which I didn't... I knew that there was a version of him where he was a circus kid, but I didn't know quite how close it was. So he was the son of circus acrobats known as the Flying Todds, who were killed by Killer Croc before he was later then adopted by Bruce Wayne. Post-crisis, the origin was revamped by Max Allen Collins. So this time around, Jason was a young street orphan who first encounters Batman whilst attempting to steal the tires off the Batmobile, which is the version that I would say I'm much more familiar with. Recognising his talents, Bruce would put the young Jason in a school for troubled youths and after six months of training allows him to put on the Robin costume. Fans, famously, did not take to this version of Jason and in 1988 he was famously killed off after a telephone poll in which fans could decide whether he lived or died. After a near dead heat it was decided that the death in the family storyline would end in the tragic death of Jason but as we all know that was not the last that we would hear from him and he would go on to live a second and much more popular life as Red Hood. And now, something that I had never considered before, but came up in DC Daily last week, they had, from the DC archives, the artwork, well, only the uh, black and white, wasn't coloured, the inks for the alternate ending, for if he was to survive. Oh, yeah. Because it was prepared. They had both prepared. So uh, it's, a, it's a shot of Batman, it's the same shot, it's Batman holding the body, only he's beaming with a smile and he just says he's alive in the speech bubble and then it jumps to um, Jason in a hospital bed with Bruce watching over him and originally it was Dick who was then Grayson who then came in to support Bruce and they had a conversation 
but there were editor's notes that said, please take him out and replace him with Alfred, who is also in this, the next scene in the original ending where he's, um, where Jason is dead as well. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting piece of artwork. Jason would be followed by the much more popular and long-lasting Robin, Tim Drake. Tim was more, little more than a toddler when he attended the circus with his parents. In order to ease his wife's concerns that the circus might frighten Tim, Jack Drake asked to take a picture with the Flying Graysons, uh, who were obviously the starring act. This was no, none other than Haley Circus. It was here that Tim first met Dick Grayson, who offered Tim special attention and even promised to dedicate his performance to the toddler. After witnessing the murder of the Graysons, Drake would spot Batman as he and his family fled from the circus that night. Years later, he would spot Batman's young sidekick performing a very familiar circus move, which would lead him to deduce the alter egos of the dynamic duo. Clever boy. When Batman and Robin are held captive by Two-Face, Drake would don the Robin costume to rescue his idols. At only 13 years old, Drake, along with Alfred Pennyworth, was able to rescue the dynamic duo, with Batman reluctantly allowing him to continue in the role of Robin. Still reeling from the loss of Jason, Batman would protect the young Robin and only reluctantly allow him to join in his mission against crime. A ruthless crime lord, Obia Man, don't know if I pronounced that right, later captured Tim's parents during a trip to the Caribbean. Nothing like ruining your trip to Barbados by getting kidnapped. Uh, Obia Man intended to sacrifice the, dra- uh, the Drakes, but Batman arrived to their rescue. Unfortunately, Janet and Jack had both drunk water laced with the poison and Janet died whilst Jack was left in a coma. Batman began to reconsider Tim for the role of Robin due to his fear that Tim would now be motivated by anger, just as Jason had originally been. Tim, however, became more driven by his desire to do what was right, rather than petty revenge. After later saving Batman and Vicky Vale and defeating the Scarecrow, Bruce at last bestowed upon Tim the mantle of Robin as well as a brand new costume. When Bruce is seemingly killed and Dick Grayson takes on the role of Batman, Drake would rename himself Red Robin and set out on a mission to prove that the original Dark Knight was still alive. I forgot that it was Tim who was convinced that Bruce was still alive and went after him. During his time crime fighting, Drake would also strike up a relationship with Stephanie Bryan, a vigilante known as Spoiler who would go on to briefly take on the mantle of Robin. After catching a female student trying to flirt with Tim, she mistakenly believed that he was cheating on her and created a homemade Robin costume. Sneaking into the Batcave, she demanded that Batman take her on as his new trainee. As Robin, she patrolled with Batman and for a time seemed like a capable replacement for Tim. Unfortunately, for disobeying his orders on not one but two missions, Batman later stripped her of the costume and told her that she was done being a hero because he couldn't trust her in the field. In an effort to prove her worth to Batman, Stephanie stole one of his long-range plans for dealing with the entirety of Gotham's criminal underworld. Since the plan was predicated on the involvement of Matches Malone, who she didn't actually realise was one of Batman's alter egos, it quickly spun out of control. The result was a city-wide gang war, which was known as the Batman War Games arc in the comics, in which Stephanie was captured by Black Mask, who tortured her to get information about Batman. Although she escaped and made her way to Leslie Tompkins' clinic, she had been severely injured by the villain and later died in a hospital bed as Batman sat beside her. Not a great ending for her. The next and current Robin is none other than Damian Wayne, son of Bruce Wayne and Talia al Ghul. Damien was introduced in the pages of 1987's Batman Son of the Demon. For many years, Bruce was unaware that he had bore a child with Talia, who grew the young Robin in an artificial womb in a lab owned by her father, Rachel Ghoul. You're frowning at me. Did I get something wrong? No. Good. Intended to be a formidable warrior, Damien was raised by Talia in the League of Assassins. 
He becomes a talented martial artist by the time he is a preteen, at which time Talia reveals Damien's existence to his father and leaves him in Batman's custody in an effort to disrupt his work. Precocious, spoiled and violent, Damien battles the Tim Drake version of Robin, whom he wants to replace as his father's sidekick, and sucker punches him off the T-Rex in the Batcave. Grounded by Batman, he escapes, dons a variant Robin costume made of Jason Todd's old tunic and assorted League of Assassin gear. He gets into a fight and decapitates the villainous Spook. Although misguided and malicious, Damien seems to genuinely want to aid in his father's war on crime. Following the death of his father, Damien continues as Robin alongside former Robin, that's too many Robins, Dick Grayson, as he takes on the mantle of the Bat. Damien has starred in a number of huge storylines in the comics, including Batman issue 666, which would take an in-depth look at the world of a future Gotham where Damien has taken on the Batman name. It marked a hugely intriguing what-if on Damien's future and would go on to be further explored in the 2013 miniseries Damien, Son of Batman. In 2013's Batman Incorporated number 8, Damien was killed by a heretic. I really felt like you were going to say number 8. Number 8. It's number 7, actually. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Don't say that. I did copious research. A clone of Damien, uh, so heretic, a clone of Damien created by Talia and the League of Assassins. The storyline would culminate in Darkseid's minion, Glorious Godfrey, stealing the young Robin's body and taking it to Apocalypse. Batman, making chase in his hell bat suit, would eventually use the Chaos Shard to heal Damien and bring him back to life. There are plenty of other characters in the multiverse who have also taken on the name of Robin as well. Uh, so, a story in the 1950s saw a young Bruce Wayne assuming the identity of Robin and even wearing the original costume. He took on the name to learn crime fighting alongside a famous detective by the name of Harvey Harris. Bet you didn't know that one, did you? No. In Chris Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, uh, the movie, obviously, a brand new Robin, Robin John Blake, was created, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The character was an officer in the GCPD who worked alongside Jim Gordon and Batman to take down Bane during the Siege of Gotham. The Robin name was only mentioned in the closing moments of the film, as we all remember it being a bit of a what the f moment. And the film would end with Blake entering the Batcave in what was suggested to be a passing of the torch by Bruce Wayne. Of course, feel free to disagree with me here, the most famous alternate Robin, I would say, is Carrie Kelly of the Dark Knight Returns fame. Kelly would have served as Robin number three on her Earth, as only Dick Grayson and Jason Todd had been Robins prior to her in this world. She has appeared in all stories set within the Dark Knight Returns universe, including The Dark Knight Strikes Again, and most recently The Dark Knight 3 Golden Child. Her popularity remains strong with the Batman fanbase, and her character has been adapted into a number of different projects over the years. That was my little history of the Robins. Do you like that? That was quite a lot of information. Sorry, it was a bit of a... That was a, that was a diatribe and a half on the different Robins there. Rather than focusing on each of them individually... Um, of the mainstream continuity Robins, so the Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Damian Wayne. You can you can include Stephanie Brown in there if you want, um, but I don't feel like she registers on your radar particularly. Who would you say is your favourite of that group? I'm really going to ask me that question. <laughs> Who do you think my favourite is of that group? Tim Drake. Why? Because I'm sure you said to me once, oh no, 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 no. Jason Todd is your favourite. Because you've really enjoyed his characterization in Red Hood and the Outlaws uh, up until the point where he gets the new sort of rebreather face mask. You've not been so keen on it since then. And you really like Karen Walters in Titans. Do we have a winner? Oh, that's a good 
question and very well um, observed. Thank you. I do pay attention every now and then. Every now and then. Um, I don't know if I can answer that question. I, I would, from my perspective, I think each has their own merits. I think Jason Todd, I would agree from reading some of Jason Todd's origin, not the circus origin, but the tire stealing origin. He was a bit of a brat and I can understand why they reached a point where they were trying to decide whether to kill him off or not. But it's hard to argue with how popular he is now and how well he's done in a second life. Which is outstanding for a character that people re- like people physically made the effort to phone DC and say kill him in that poll. It was very close though. It and was. There was like, a lot of cheating going on as well, wasn't there? Was there? Yeah, I remember we watched a documentary about it. Oh, we did were... yeah. There's a bonus feature on a DVD somewhere that talks about it. And if people did like that sort of cold call-in machine, it would dial the number repeatedly for you. Yeah. But to come back to your original question, I think if you'd asked me this question a couple of months ago, I would have said Jason Todd. If you asked me oh. that question now, oh, I would be um, I would say I, I I value both of them, all three of them, mm. equally all together. Okay. Discuss. So I'd be like an underdog. Yeah. Jason is the definition of an underdog. <laughs> Most certainly. But I think he's... Very familiar with a crowbar. Very familiar with a crowbar. But as a character, he's quite interesting because he sort of... What you expect him to do or what you think he's going to do, he does the complete absolute opposite. Yeah, that's true. So when you read the Robin 100 episode... Yep. So my favourite story in that was the Jason Todd story. Okay. Because I think it had the most heart to it and it was the most true to his character. And that was the birthday story, wasn't it? So yeah, so where he, so it flashes back to him as Robin where he fixes or almost fixes the broken watch, watch. of yes. Bruce's dad. And he said, oh, I'll fix it one day. And then it flashes forward to him in his current red hood. Yes. Where he still fixes it and he leaves it as a present for Bruce. Yes. So even though they've got all the bad blood between them, and at that stage in his career as a as an outlaw, yeah, they probably don't see eye to eye to be with each other. But you know, he still they still have the bond and they still have the connection, and he still cares. Whereas the Tim Drake, he sort of he's a really good all round Robin. He's always been a Robin. He's never not been a Robin. That's true. Yeah. So even when he went. When he progressed to Red Robin, yeah, he, he was, was still, still a Robin. Robin. It's not until very recently where he's changed slightly to be Drake. I was never a big fan of his Red... I like his Red Robin logo, the big middle of the chest black and yellow logo. But I never liked the cowl that didn't have ears. I was like the original Red Yeah, Robin. I was never a big fan of that. So it's quite interesting. I saw quite... So I like the symbol. Yeah. And then when you get the sort of the new 52 Titans Red Robin, I really like that Red Robin costume. Yes, with the kind of almost like feathered cape wings and yeah. like X belts across the chest. Yeah, so that's really Yeah, that's, that would be my favourite incarnation of his costume. And then when you come back to the more rebirth type Detective Comics Red Robin, where it is essentially his Robin costume just with two R's on it. To which they slightly changed yes. his origin as well. Yes. So he was actually never a Robin. He was a re- he's always been Red, Red Robin, Robin, which is a bit controversial. 
is a bit controversial, isn't it? Just to write over that. And now if you look at Young Justice, so the current Wonder Comics Young Justice. Yeah. He's now taken Which I haven't on. read, actually. No, it's really good. It's quite interesting. And he's now taken on this mantle of Drake. Now, is this the brown costume? It's very brown. Brown and gold. Do we know what kind of continuity that sits in? No, it's not been discussed yet. So we know it sits within... So in the last issue, we had Dal H for Heroes, they joined the team. Yeah. We've had Naomi, she's joined in the team as well. So it's very much a Wonder Comics imprint team-up. Dal H for Hero, Shumfries. But in the very last episode, or the last issue... um, it's come there's you know, Star Labs are the big bad at the minute and they've okay. said oh, we'll, we'll finally tell you why you've lost all your memories so they so, don't remember being young justice okay yeah and they don't know why they remember each other and why they worked with each other because it's a very classic young justice lineup because they've got the original Superboy in his original leather jacket yeah okay, you've got Impulse you've got Stephanie Brown she's in there it's spoiler so it's a very sort of classic lineup with some new additions and they don't remember why or what happened to them so it'd be interesting to see where the memories are and how they fit in with continuity mm, definitely because before he took on the drake mentally he was still just robin not red robin what are your feelings on stephanie brown have you even read anything where stephanie brown is robin no but i've read a lot of her uh, spoiler yeah and i understand the relationship i've not read much i need to read them um, when she is Robin and when she gets killed off as well. I'm not even sure that we own it. I don't think we do. There you go. That's a book that needs to get bought. ASAP. I don't know. I don't even know how long she is Robin for. No, and it's weird because I've read all of the omnibus series of Tim Drake Robin and she's she's not in... Well, she's in there a little bit spoiler, but not as Robin. I've read her time as Batgirl. I'm trying to think what I read. I've read her time as Batgirl. She's been in quite a number of different code names within the Bat family. Yeah, and she was in uh, Batman Eternal as well, wasn't she? She was. Which yep. is another really strong Robin storyline. Yeah, it is a very strong Robin storyline. Uh, and in Detective Comics Rebirth, for the first kind of couple of arcs as well, Tim Drake's a very important part in that. And that that team that has um, Batwoman and Clayface. But I really enjoyed his, so I've gone back and read all of his origin as well. Because that's, that's three big omnibuses. Which you can buy where all good comics are sold. And it goes back to the whole... His mum and dad going to the Caribbean. Dying. And then his training to be a Robin as well. So he goes away and learns from like Lady Shiva. and He spends time in Hong Kong and stuff. So it's quite it's a nice it's a nice run. So that's probably why I'm a bit more... Drakey. Drakey. And obviously I've read all of Damien as well. Would you like to see Tim in live action now that we've had a Jason? I would actually, but I don't think we've not done Jason justice yet. He's not finished live oh, action. Injustice. Wise. <laughs> He's got a ways to go yet. He's, He's got to meet that crowbar. He's almost there. He's got the attitude. He does certainly have the attitude. He's done his time with the Titans, which he should have, which he's done anyway. Well, Tim could even crop up somewhere else. How how would you like to see Tim done in live action? I suppose he wouldn't really fit with the Titans at this moment in time. Because he's got to... Bruce needs to be broken. It's more of a Bruce story than a Titan story. To be fair, if we were to throw in Tim Drake to Titans at this point, 
Bruce Wayne would be burning through Robins. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking more in the film universe or I don't know, even in Batwoman. Maybe in Batwoman with Bruce not being in Gotham, one of his former Robins returns and it's not Dick because he's Titans and we don't want to focus on that character too much and it's not Jason because again he's in Titans so we don't want to focus on that so the the toss up between the two becomes Damien or Tim and Tim Drake comes back to take over Wayne Tech or something like that as another techie character in Batwoman is that something that could work? I'm just riffing off the top of my head here which I don't think it could do as long as it fits I mean I mean we're going to ask open a whole can of worms here with Batwoman and how that doesn't work. But, I mean, that might help lift the show. I'd watch it more if I had Tim Drake in it. <laughs> oh, that was a burning comment. <laughs> I am, I'm enjoying Batwoman post-crisis. Oh. Yeah. It's all right. Moving on. Damien Wayne. Tell me about Damien Wayne. What would you like to know? He's a bit of a... He's a bit... He's another dick, but in a different way. Yeah, definitely. What, what are your... What, what are your feelings on that version of the Robin character I think I quite like he's different again to he's all very the different. others he's very different and again he's sort of his character is an interesting one as well where he puts on this sort of bravado of being you know I am the I am the heir to the bat and the heir to the demon therefore I've earned this it's his blood right to be a Robin whereas the rest of them it isn't but he's still He's still got a, a good heart at the end of it all, even though it comes across in a very bizarre way. He's probably the Robin I've read the most of in being a Robin. And I feel like he worked better as Robin with Dick Grayson as Batman. I feel like that's that's my favourite version of the Damien character. Ooh, apart from the animated version in uh, Batman Hush, who tells Bruce to make sure he uses protection whilst sleeping with his whore, Catwoman. <laughs> Yeah, I quite like that. So I like those little bits of his character that come through. I think they're quite cool. Um, the what? death of Damien was an interesting storyline. And the effect that that had on Bruce. Yeah, I didn't like that. But then I didn't like it because of the the artwork, I think. Okay. Because it was a really weird Batman Incorporated artwork and I just couldn't... Yeah, it, that was... I mean, that was towards the end of Batman Incorporated's life. That was almost the very end of that book, I think. Yeah. Um, and it was... It's one that I did start out reading and I did end up dropping it because I couldn't quite get on with that series. But it's interesting because so Heretic who killed them has just cropped up again in Titans because oh in the new version of Titans uh, Damien's leading the team. Of course. So I mean he's had a so this is his chance to lead a team as a, a Robin leading the Titans because it's always a Robin that leads the Titans. Yes. And that's been a an interesting ride for that group of titans i think of course he's also part of super sons oh i love super sons that's been a fairly major story arc for him as well being teamed up with the john kent version of superboy oh i forgot about super sons i think i love him more in super sons in titans he's a bit of a brat yeah but in super sons i think the the two of them together work really really well there's a camaraderie between the two of them and it'll be interesting to see in um the sequel to Deceased. So the the sequel will mainly, if not completely, take place on a planet where the remnants of Earth have landed and obviously Bruce is dead and Clark is dead. So John Kent is now Superman and Damien is now Batman. So that will be an interesting dynamic between the two of them. 
but they've got really strong relationships. I think that'll work out quite nicely. Similar to their parents. Yeah. Do you have any favourite Damien comics? Other than Batman Robin? Uh, yeah, Batman 666 and Damien, son of Batman, um, are two of my favourites. I love exploring that future timeline in which he is Batman. Uh, Batman 666. Batman? No, not at all. Detective Comics 666 was actually my very first subscription comic book. That was my very first issue of my very first series that I subscribed to. That was when I had decided that I was now in a job where I had enough money that I didn't have to just go and buy what I could on a weekly basis. I could actually afford to just dive in and have them posted to me. So that has a lot of sentimental value for me. Um, trying to think about other storylines. Again, anything where he is Robin and Dick Grayson is Batman. That whole series was just gold for me. Don't have any favourites from Tim Drake, really. Equally, don't really have any favourites with Jason other than Death in the Family, which I really enjoy, and Under the Red Hood as an animated film is amazing. And I do enjoy Curran Walters and Titans. But I would like to see him maybe take a bit of a step back in Series 3. I liked how he was in just a couple of episodes of Season 1. I liked that brattish little brother... Jason Todd episode where he came into it and they had the whole oh he doesn't let you drive them out of the hill what kind of dynamic between the two of them whereas in series two I understand what they were doing in that Bruce had sent him away to try and help curb the attitude a bit but now that we know the attitude is still there and he's kind of driven off because everything's happened with Donna and it's kind of all been a little bit too much for him I would kind of like to see him be back with Bruce so that he can be in a position to be killed off by the Joker. I don't feel we necessarily need to see that because that's not a Titans storyline. I would not be hugely disappointed if much of that happened off screen or if it was a case where a lot of it did happen off screen but Dick happened to be nearby so it wasn't like Russia or wherever it was, Siberia or wherever it happened um, and that Nightwing happened to be there at the last minute when the warehouse exploded or something like that. I just I don't want to see a version where it's Nightwing carrying the, the dead body of, of Jason. I, I feel like they, they owe it enough that it still needs to be as close to the original that it's it's a Bruce and Jason story, not a Bruce and Dick story. Not Bruce and Dick. I didn't mean that. Jason and Dick story. I agree. I did that in my usual long-winded way of not being able to answer it quickly. Mm. I did phase out a bit there, and I'll be honest with you, I wasn't really listening. Okay. Because I was like, he's gone on again. So, I think my favourite storylines. Yes. If you were going to ask. I was going to ask you, what were your favourites with other characters than Damien? Rude. Uh, from a Tim point of view, well, we'll do it in order. So, from a Jason point of view. Yep. I like the Jason Todd Lost Years. Okay. So, where he goes away and learns to be the... So, it's like before under the red hood so how yeah. he gets to that level oh okay and how Talia trains him and he gets dipped in the pit and all that stuff I think that's really interesting just kind of helps fill in all the gaps yeah uh, and I really like his time with the outlaws but with the classic lineup of an outlaw so with Arsenal and Starfire couldn't remember yeah. him I do like the new what the rebirth outlaws yeah but not as much as the new 52 Outlaws. Because I just like the 
the relationship between Jason and Ron. Because they have a very good dynamic, the two of them, don't they? Because they're quite both broken and have similar backgrounds. From a Tim point of view, I like all the classic Tim stuff. So his origin and his training to be Robin, I think that's really interesting and really good. Because a lot of those comics, I mean, it's the first time he's on his own. Yeah. And he's got a car and everything. He's got his own, like, snazzy convertible Robin mobile. Oh, wow, okay. Called the Red Bird. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Which is what... um... Chris O'Donnell's motorcycle was called in Batman and Robin. Oh, yes. The Redbird. Uh, Tim Drake as a Titan leader. Do you know, I wasn't a massive fan of New 52 Titans. I don't think I finished it. Am I right in thinking it had maybe two versions? Like one that had started and then was cancelled and then they started it again and it ran to the end. Yeah, so it kind of, they got halfway through this, tried to do like a hive thing and then it all just went a bit weird and they dropped it and then rebooted it with the same team. Because the first version had a Superboy, but then they got rid of that Superboy as well. Yes, and then it went to the Connor version the second time round. So he wasn't in it the second time round, they totally left him out, I think. Yes, because there was a different it was the wonder girl that wasn't donna it's the blonde one the blonde one what's her name carrie is that a carrie as well yeah so that wasn't but it just felt like i don't know i could see what they were trying to do but it just didn't really take off yeah and then a damien point of view i think uh your blood is one of my favorites for damien oh yes along with batman 666 yeah what about carrie kelly then what about her I've not, I've not read any. I've not read the Dark Knight Returns. You've not read the Dark Knight Returns. No, I don't know what it is. I've just not got into it. Oh. Well, it's on my list of things to read. I've just not got into it. Shocker! I thought it. you had. You've seen the animated movie. I liked. I mean, I didn't mind an animated movie. There's also a really great episode of Batman the Animated Series where um, a group of kids tell stories about Batman, uh, like around a campfire kind of situation, a bit like um, the opening to the Gotham Knight animated movie, and one of the one of the kids is basically Carrie Kelly and tells a story that's a future version of Batman with, with basically telling a story of herself as Robin. So they adapted her into that. And there's been a, a few projects like that that have done it. And I really liked the the Dark Knight Returns animated two-parter. I thought it was an excellent, excellent film. It's one of my favourites in the DC animated universe. Mm, yeah, definitely. We're not going to get into the gender politics of do you think a female Robin works because <laughs> we'll anger someone somewhere. Well, why not? Um, but what do, what, so what do you think of that character from what exposure you've had to her? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, my own exposure would be from the movie Down Out Returns. Yes. When I really love that movie, so yes. I'm, I'm all for it. I, I, I'm so shocked that you've not read the comic book. It's actually left me lost for words. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, I think I mean, my only criticism of her in the film would be that it's a little bit too easy. Yeah, a little bit, I suppose. Where's the case of day one, you want to be Robin? Day two, you're Robin. She kind of takes it upon herself in a way. She sort of forces herself upon Batman in many respects. Almost like a Tim Drake where I'm here because you need me to be here. Yeah, definitely. I can't, I'm genuinely shocked. That's fine. We're going to sit you down and you're going to read The Dark Knight Returns, The Dark Knight Strikes Again and The Dark Knight 3 and The Dark Knight 3 Golden Child because we own all of them. My God. The Frank Miller era Batman. Um, it is. It's really interesting. There's... 
it's very very hyper stylized with all of that um you know the way the characters talk they did it in gotham a bit as well uh the the weird language the way the words are all a bit clipped and weirdly arranged and things like that so it's very it feels very like an 80s sci-fi story but it's it's a really cool read on my list maybe post pandemic post pandemic yeah so we asked you at home, the lovely listeners, uh, what you thought of the character of Robin. Um, I put a tweet out that basically said, we're preparing to record episode 34 of Geico Pod and we need your help. This episode is dedicated to all things Robin, Nightwing and the original Boy Wonder, brackets, no not Martin, Dick Grayson. We'd love to hear from you and add your contributions to the episode. So first up we have Ben at For Your Films Only, who said, is this guy allowed with a little gif of uh, Teen Titans Go Robin? To which I said, obviously he's allowed. Uh, and he said, then it's him. He's hilarious. And the song My Superhero Movie from Teen Titans Go to the Movies was a cinematic highlight of 2018. We need to go back and watch that film again. I've not watched it in a while. Mm. Nurse Chatting said, Dick Grayson as Batman in Batman the Black Mirror. The absolute best. Uh, as we just said, we both really appreciate Dick Grayson's time as uh, as Batman. It's just, it's a really great era in DC Comics. We also had a really nice message from Jim at Earth9DC who uh, said, I can't not get involved when it's about Nightwing. My favourite thing is how he got his name from a story that Superman told him, and how in many ways he and Superman are closer than he is with Batman. Their team-ups in the comics are always the best. I love how Dick Grayson is the first sidekick to become a hero in his own right, and very much stands on his own and with his own stories and life apart from Batman. Not many others can say that. I could go on, but I won't. But I could. (laughs) Thank you, Jim. I completely agree with you. And like we were just saying, it is a shame that they didn't quite do the Superman story in Titans for the Nightwing origin, but I live in hope that one day we will see it on screen. And now, a special birthday message for Robin from our favourite Nightwing cosplayer, Pajama Boy Wonder. Hey, it's Chester here, aka Pajama Boy Wonder. Um, When I found out Get Your Comic Con were going to be doing a podcast specifically to celebrate and talk about 80 years of Robin, um, I just had to get involved because I love all of the Robins very much and my favourite character ever is Dick Grayson, aka the first Robin. There's many reasons why I love this character and I think other people might feel the same way, Um, but he was originally created uh, to entice younger readers um, into reading the Batman comics Um, and also this was back in the times before thought bubbles were a thing, um, before Alfred was there with Batman. And it was kind of like having the audience go alongside with Batman, with Batman bouncing his ideas off of them, talking through his thought process and detective work. Um, So you kind of feel like you were that sidekick. Dick Grayson was Robin for a very number of years. Um, And one of the things I love about him is that he wanted to not be in Batman's shadow anymore and wanted to leave, become his own person, join the Teen Titans, become Nightwing. And that's what I love about him a lot myself. I think I first knew about the character when I was younger, knowing my dad used to watch the old 1966 Burt Ward and Adam West uh, Batman and Robin. I grew up um, around the time of the Batman Forever and Joel Schumacher films, which I hate by a lot of people, but I enjoyed them at the time. And I started reading Nightwing, uh, Chuck Dixon's run in the early 2000s, which really enticed me because I just love the aesthetic of that suit. The black suit with the blue finger stripe, Uh, Blue V across the chest and then the gauntlet and shin pockets which are quite iconic to me uh, instead of the standard belt. There's a lot more depth to this character I believe. Personally I see a lot more depth to him than say Batman and a lot of his stories really follow that. What I love a lot about him is he's got a lot of heart. Um, He's got a lot of cheekiness to him that used to lighten up Batman a little bit. And even though he has all of this kind of takes life easy. 
um, and tries to laugh things off as much as he can. He's a very serious person as well. Um, he grew up being, you know, the boy in, in tights and uh, pixie shorts um, and ended up becoming one of the most sexiest men alive in the comics. He's got quite a lot of charm. He's a bit of a ladies' man, but he doesn't intend to be. Um, and he always remains friends with these women if it doesn't work out. Um, but he also has a lot of heart um, and a lot of love for a lot of people, friends, um, as well as these relationships. He's a great person to aspire to be like. Um, and he also has a great love for cereal, which I think we can all agree with. Uh, is a great thing to love um, there's many reasons why to love this character but that was just a short description of my personal view of it and yeah just read as much as you can on him robin's nest said dick is my favorite robin dick grayson is the fourth pillar of the dc universe the only hero to be the leader of the titans the justice league and the outsiders he was the first sidekick in comics and the first sidekick hero to transition to another hero identity as nightwing completely agree uh, my favourite live-action version of Dick Grayson is from the Titans DC Universe show, played by Brenton Thwaites. My favourite costume is the black and blue version from the Chuck Dixon Nightwing solo series. Thank you for your comments. Jack in the Geek Store said, I really like his green hood and the way he holds a bow. Wait, sorry, got confused. Uh, Dick Grayson is the OG and best, though, for a bit of darkness bringing Jason Todd, especially when he later becomes Red Hood. And I replied with... Um, a gif of Jason Todd in Red Hood costume from the Arkham games and said, um, who wouldn't want one of these leather jackets? Hey? Yeah, I know. If only you hadn't left it on the rack. And then Chester, Pajama Boy Wonder, replied and said, I defo want one of those jackets. Claire, though, good old Gothamite Claire, did say, I'll pass on the jacket. Oh, no, it's a good jacket. <laughs> we have a Hulk, uh, Nicola, said, I do have a soft spot for Burt Ward's portrayal in the iconic 60s series, Holy Smokes, Batman. So it was lovely seeing him cameo in a certain crossover. I particularly love the character in Young Justice and Titans 2. I think Brenton Thwaites is amazing in the live-action role. So Claire did have... She had more to say than just dissing on the jacket that you didn't buy. She also said, I think Burt Ward is an excellent Robin. Shamefully, it's not a character I'm familiar with, but the new recent anniversary issue looks like a fantastic read. Well, we'll be talking about that in just a minute. Uh, that Robster, good old Rob, said, I feel like we need more Robin. We just need more Robin. Always more Robin. Well, I feel like you would agree with that quite wholeheartedly. Definitely. Yeah, I thought so. And then we also had James Stone, who said, Dick was my favourite Robin, but I prefer him as Nightwing, as he genuinely outgrew being a sidekick. Easily the most successful sidekick in the history of comics. Solo series and leader of the Titans. I'm a huge fan of Teen Titans Go, and I love how much, fam how much fun they have with him. Completely agree with that as well. Absolutely. Thank you to all of you who gave in your comments on this one. Uh, we really appreciate it. There will obviously be more discussion topics in the future, as always. I wanted to just wrap up by talking about the the whole impetus for this Robin-centric issue. Issue? This isn't a comic book. Uh, episode of the podcast, which was the 100-page uh, 80th anniversary super spectacular, which is quite a mouthful to say, I might add. What did you think? I liked it. Do you agree with the fact that they chose to highlight many of the different Robins and not just Dick Grayson as the as the OG? I think I would have liked to have seen a bit more Grayson because it's his birthday. Yeah. It's a bit of a shame that he only gets sort of one storyline. Yeah. When really they could have done like... He does get a little bit more, doesn't he? I mean, he gets a slightly longer section of the book than each of the others. 
But you could have done him as Robin with Batman, as Robin with the Titans, yeah. as Nightwing. Yeah, there's plenty of history to mine, isn't there? As Batman. I mean, there's a whole issue in itself. Yeah. I've just written it for them. There you go. So it would have been nice seeing a bit more of that. But I do, I did like the rest of the stories. And I did like the focusing on the the OG crew. Yeah. So you said Jason Todd was your favourite. I actually think I yep. would agree with that. I do think there was a lot of sentimental value to that to that particular story. I'm trying to remember what Damien's story is in all this. So the Damien story links back into current Teen Titans. Okay. And his relationship with Bruce at the minute. Yep. Because he, so Bruce is like, oh, I need to go with Damien because there's something wrong. Yeah. And Damien's like, well, I'm not going to tell him because he doesn't care. So it's quite interesting that some of their internal monologues are like a, a fight between each other, but they're both thinking exactly the same thing. Okay. But they won't tell each other that's what they're thinking because they're both too stubborn. Sounds about right. And it says at the end of it will be concluded in Titans Omnibus number two. Ah, uh, okay. I must have not picked up on that. So that's where the, I think they're going to... Bruce will then find out that Damien's had a secret prison and he's been castrating all the criminals. Has he? Well, mentally. Oh, right, okay. Not physically. Well, he did have them locked up for a long time. Ooh. I do think... I'm just remembering more about the Dick Grayson story, and I do think there's a lot of quite nice meaning to it. So the fact that it's about an argument between the two of them and Dick feeling like Bruce doesn't care and isn't remembering certain things about their past and their history because he's so focused on the mission. Um, I really, really like the fact that it ends with the kind of impetus for him becoming Nightwing. And then you you get that last little bit of dialogue from Bruce where he kind of reveals that actually he really did care and he did love him and he knew exactly what was going on and he knew exactly what day it was and why that was important in their history. And that it he even said, wasn't it, that it was one of the toughest things he'd ever had to do, but that it, it was right for Dick Grayson's journey to do and behave the way he had in that story. To give him the push to take the step. Yeah. yeah I thought there was some... Although it may not be the main, fo- well, the you know, the main focus of the book because it does go across all of them. I think it's it, there's a lot of there's a lot of nice meaning and emotion behind that the story yeah. that they chose to tell. I suppose it's eighty years of Robin, not eighty years of Nightwing. Yeah, true. I suppose, and it's eighty years of Dick. Yeah. <laughs> so there's I, I, there are the there's swings and roundabouts to it, but I think overall. I would have liked more to each of the stories or maybe they could have done a series to celebrate Robin's 80th and done, you know, if they really did want to focus on all of them, that they did a a bumper issue on Dick Grayson and then maybe a compilation of stories on the other Robins or a series of normal sized issues, like a five, six part series and it being uh, one issue per, per Robin across a selection of them or something like that maybe. Or what they could have done is brought all the Robins back together and then given Dick his memories back. They could have chosen this as a... Well, I mean, he does sort of have them anyway. Uh, But yeah, they could have done something more monumental about Rick becoming Dick again through it. But whether that would kind of trample over some of the story ideas they've got that are going on in the pages of Nightwing, I don't know. That would have been nice to say, 80 years, he's back. Hooray! Yeah. Yeah. Just a suggestion, Jim. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm not going to ask you to rate it because really I just wanted to touch on it and the kind of the emotional impact that it has on, on a Robin fan so do you, did you feel satisfied by it again I'm not asking you for a score I'm just asking you for a feeling as a Robin fan that you got 
at the end of reading this book. I had I had some feels. I had some of the feels. That's good. <laughs> that's good. And so I think that's kind of it for this episode. The last thing I want to touch on, which is one more part of the the Robin celebrations, which are happening, coming up next month. Um, that is, if you're listening to this in April. If you're listening to this in May, then coming up this month. And if you're listening to this June or beyond, uh, it happened last month, or sometime in the past, in May, DC Comics is releasing the next of its young adult graphic novel series. Uh, something that I am going through and I'm reviewing on the website at the moment. This really excellent series of books where DC hands the keys to some of their top name characters to young adult and children's fiction writers and get them to do character pieces on, on individual people. So, you know, we've had... Uh, the Oracle Files. No, the Oracle Code. We've had the Oracle Code most recently, which was excellent, uh, which is in the uh, the YA series. There's the Teen Titans Raven book and the upcoming Teen Titans Beast Boy. Over on the uh, the children's side, you've had Diana, Princess of the Amazons, and the Black Canary book. So coming up in May, uh, releasing on May the 5th, uh, is The Lost Carnival, a Dick Grayson graphic novel. Mm. So they're finally doing a story that's going to focus on Dick. Grayson... So the synopsis uh, is, Before Batman Train came to be Robin, Dick Grayson discovered the power of young love and its staggering costs at the dangerous, magical, and utterly irresistible Lost Carnival. Haley's travelling circus no longer has the allure of its glamorous past, but it still has one main attraction, the Flying Graysons. A family of trapeze artists starring a teenage Dick Grayson. The only problem is that Dick loathes spending his summers performing tired routines for a dwindling crowd. When the Lost Carnival, a wild and enchanting new attraction opens nearby and threatens to pull Haley's remaining customers, Dick is among those drawn to its magical nighttime glow. But there are forces ancient and dangerous at work at the Lost Carnival, and when Dick meets the mysterious Luciana and her carnival workers, each stranger than the last, he may be too mesmerised to recognise the danger ahead. Beneath the carnival's dazzling fireworks, Dick must decide who he is and who he wants to be, choosing between loyalty to his family history and a glittering future with new friends and romance. Writer Michael Morrissey, or Morakai, sorry, I probably did that wrong, and artist Saz Milej redefined Dick Grayson in The Lost Carnival, a young adult graphic novel exploring the power and magic of young love. So that's releasing on May the 5th, 2020. And you can check out some preview artwork from it over on our website now, which is www.getyourcomicon.co.uk. We will bring you a review and probably talk about that in an upcoming episode as well because actually I feel like that's going to be one of the YA books that you will read. It could well be. Because you haven't really picked up on this series so far. I read Raven. You did read Raven, yes. I haven't read the others. We have a little selection on the bookshelf behind me. Again, I don't really have the time at the minute. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. A bit busy with the pandemic. Final thoughts on Robin before we sign off for this episode. He's a great chap and he's looking good for his age. He certainly is looking good for his age. On that note, uh, my name is Neil. I have been joined by my very own boy, Wonder Martin. Say goodbye, Martin. Goodbye, Martin. <laughs> Not a catchphrase. Hashtag. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.